Welcome to Decaf with the Beacon Center of Tennessee, Taylor and Mark. Back again, Mark. I like your, we're both kind of having some monochrome looks going on. I'm in like all white, everything, and you're like all green. Yeah, which is, the thing is though, I think it looks better on camera. These don't really match as colors, so it looks, but but on camera, you can't tell as much. So maybe you can. <laughs> okay. Well, it's all jazz there too. So it's like, I'm matching, I'm doing everything I can. It's, and, and the thing is I have this green hat. I, I like to try to kind of match my hat a little bit with what I'm wearing, but there's nothing to match with green. So it's like, I have, this is the only time I can wear it is, is there. Great story about Mark before he locked down Kira, who is way out of his league. He used to go on a lot of dates, like after work. And we would trade me giving him fashion advice for him, giving me a ride to my car. And so we would like go to the parking deck and he'd be like, should I wear a hat? And, and any single men who are listening, let me just go ahead and help you out. <laughs> on a first date, if you wear a hat, it'll be the last date. And so I always, I was willing to die on the hill of, do not wear a hat on your first date. I don't agree with that. I don't think that's true. I think a lot of people are fine with it. But I do I do agree that you are right that you should not wear a hat. And I, I just, the thing is, I like wearing hats. I don't know why. Um, you look good in them. But like, I like them. And, and I'm not like, I think a lot of people are like, oh, he must be balding or something. But like, I'm not, I just, I just like wearing hats. I think I think it's cool. And I don't know, it keeps me, they keep the sun out of your eyes. It does a lot of stuff. Yeah, and also and a, on this on drive, what? You gave me fashion advice. cocktail date, uh, you're really concerned about the sun in your eyes. Well, no, but okay, yes, yeah, fine. I, I will say that while you gave me fashion advice, I gave you uh, a lot more life advice. So we kind of, we, 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 we did combine those things. But no, I like wearing hats. I'm a big fan, but you were right. You really shouldn't wear hats on a first date. So I'll give you that. I love being right. Gosh, I love being right. <laughs> okay, so now we can talk about real things uh, now that we've got out in the air that I'm right. Um, <laughs> so- is this Porculus 3.0 in the last 12 months? I mean, how many pork spending stimulus packages is the administration, either administration, Congress, how how much is too much? Because I think we crossed that line before they even did the first one a while back. But this is getting insane. I don't know. I mean, it's crazy. I don't know how you justify it. I don't know. I just don't understand how we can possibly pay for that. I mean, I think that for most people, once you hear, you know, 1.9 trillion, if you're saying over a, a million dollars, people don't really know the difference. If you say 5 million or 1.9 trillion, it's hard. There's such big numbers. It's hard to comprehend. I know. Trillion and, is like, like trillion is like, I can't even, I don't, my brain doesn't compute. <laughs> yeah, I, I think that we, I, I think that if I'm not mistaken, now this may be wrong, but I think that we have spent more on this last thing as we did in all of World War II. So it's like, it, it shows you, it's such, with inflation, inflation adjusted, it's just such a crazy number. And it's hard to take, I, I don't know what to do. I, I can't take anyone seriously. Like, and the, I mean, say what you want, because obviously this, this kind of went through um, and, and basically all Democrats are the ones who did. I don't think any Republicans even voted for, but if you look at polling, a lot of Republicans are for it. I, I, I think it's got like almost a 75% approval rating because people don't, it's just this instant thing. I'm going to get a $1,400 check. I'm not going to think about anything in the future. I'm not going to think about the fact that like we can't pay this debt back. I mean, at this point, it's going to be impossible unless we do some major cutting and nobody wants to cut any programs. The cuts. They don't want to cut, you know, you don't want to cut Medicare. You don't want to cut Social Security. They, like, and, that, and those are right-wing things. And you have the left who doesn't want to cut I mean, anything except for the military, it seems like. And it's just this weird, people aren't willing to cut. And we're in this place where like, I don't, I don't know if there's any coming back. I don't know what our future is going to look like. This, like this, of course, it started, Trump passed some of those too, which were also bad. But this bill getting passed, 
I don't know what our future is going to look like. And the worst part about this is it wasn't just these $1,400 checks. If, if you would have done that, it would have been substantially less, which I mean, I don't agree with, but that's different than saying- I can, I can settle for that. Yeah, you're giving money to the governments that shut down, which is insane. I mean, because they made a choice and they said, you know what? I care more about whatever they call health and safety rather than they don't care at all about the economy. And and, and the people who balanced it are getting punished for it. The, the people, and that, that doesn't make any sense. I mean, they're bailing out bad policies essentially. And it's not just this. I mean, it's places like, you know, Illinois, like Chicago, places that have been bankrupt long before this. Yeah. It's, it's an awful, awful bill. I don't, I mean, it's unbelievable that so many people are for it. And it just shows how, I mean, I think in this case that people are just not really educated about what it's going to do to us. I know. And you know, it's so cute. And I feel like I only say cute on this podcast when I say it, like, ironically, like, <laughs> joke, like tongue in cheek. What's really cute is that on Twitter, there's no like, hey, like when Trump did this and it was a much smaller deal, but still like terrible, um, people on the right and the left were just like going off and mm-hmm. now that this is happening you know what's trending is the phrase biden bucks like are you kidding me this is not a time to like make a little quippy remark because in 50 years when social security has run out for all of our generations well it's happened. already run out i mean i mean it's already run out as is right. now <laughs> right and so when when all of this is coming down on our generation who's I mean, no one's going to be laughing and calling, hey, remember in 2021, Biden bucks, remember that $1,400 that really didn't do anything good for anyone? Like $1,400 is quite frankly, like in the grand scheme of all of our lives is going to be a drop in the bucket compared to the debt that we're going to have to owe into the future. And, and, it, and it wasn't even targeted. It wasn't even for people who lost their jobs. It no. wasn't for a small business owner. It was like, it was just, I think if you make under, what is it? 65000 Oh, it did end up being 75, but it's like, it wasn't targeted. Like people who make 70 grand who have kept their job, which is well above any kind of average, who kept their job the entire time are getting this money. It's like, what is that? It's just, but it's again, this idea that, and I mean, it's more of the left. I mean, I think the right has a little bit, like that the government is the one who can like, who can stop this, that the statement that somehow the government should be like running the economy instead of just letting the economy happen. And it's, it, it's sad. And people don't think about what's even going to happen six months from now. So they're certainly not going to think about what's going to happen 50 years from now or 20 years from now. And it's, it's just really, really disheartening. And again, it's, I mean, you see the Republicans kind of really speaking out against this, which is great, but like, where, where were they the last four years? Where you know, were where, where, where were they when, when we're spending all this money on all these things? And, and it's like, yeah. And, <laughs> and of course I agree with them now and I'm glad they're speaking up, but like, people are not going to take you seriously unless you're consistent. And like, that's why somebody like, in my opinion, somebody like Senator Rand Paul is so respected because like he does stand up for it no matter what, and, and no matter what party's in there. Um, yeah. So it's just, it's disheartening. I don't know what to do. Like, I, I just, yeah. I, I know, I know that we're in trouble. And at some point, I, like, I, I don't know we're going to pay his money back. I know. Well, and we talked about it a little bit yesterday on our stewardship series, which we mentioned last week, the stewardship series that we co-hosted with the Millennial Debt Foundation and Americans for Prosperity, the Tennessee chapter. Um, Weston, who um, the Millennial Debt Foundation is kind of his his project. He is very close with her. He was very close to Senator Tom Coburn before he passed away. And Tom Coburn was one of those other ones that was like, I am not. And this is why I love Tom Coburn so much when he was like, I don't care what my party says, I'm going to pass out this government waste book and you're all going to know what stupid things your stupid votes and earmarks paid for this year. And, you know, can you imagine if Senator Coburn was alive right now? I would love to hear his commentary on this because 
it would be priceless. He was a funny dude. He was a smart mm -hmm. dude. And he did not give a crap about it. And, and he did that book every year. It didn't matter who was in power. Like, like it, it wasn't a thing that he just did when Democrats were in power. And that's what made him so effective. And, and like that, it really is. I mean, that we need somebody like that. I think that, I mean, in my opinion, I think Rand Paul's the closest. Yeah, um, but, but no one's even, Senator he, Coburn. He's not as effective as Coburn no. was, I'll say that. Yeah, no one is Senator Coburn, but um, we talked about that a little bit with Weston yesterday, but something else that was interesting that came up yesterday was we had Governor Lee, we had Governor Haslam, Governor Bradson, and Governor Lee in our office as all of this is going down yesterday. And when asked about the these payments, Governor Lee just pretty much straight up said, Tennessee's fine. And this is bad policy for coming from the federal level. Did he not? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think that's what he said. He's like that 1.9 trillion dollars. We don't need it because we have handled this correctly. We've been physically, we've been fiscally responsible. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I mean, like we're going to take the money, but we don't need it. We are okay without this money. And it's, it's just kind of insane that all these other States that do really need it, um, but it, it, it's just, it's crazy that making poor decisions mm -hmm. economically somehow rewards you. I, I mean, that's what happens. Like, it, it's like, if I go and just do the most irresponsible, I buy, I buy a pony with my money. And then they say, oh, you know what? I know you bought the pony. So we're gonna give you that money that you spent there because whatever, like you deserve it. It's like, well, I bought a pony and the guy who didn't buy a pony doesn't get any money. And I, I, know. I don't know. I feel, who's that one? Remember that one libertarian who ran for president who kept saying everyone gets free ponies? Was that the guy with the shoe on his head? Yeah, 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 yeah. What was his name? Vermin Supreme. That's Vermin Supreme, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's like Vermin Supreme said. With the, but I mean, it's it's just like you're getting bailed out for being irresponsible. And that's, I mean, I think that's wrong. I think that Governor Lee was right to say that. We are in great shape and our government did better with COVID than other governments. We had the least debt per capita to begin with. Like, of course, we have issues with Tennessee government. We always criticize them, the things they do. But really, compared to the rest of the country, we're great. I mean, All right. We're able to criticize that to make it better because there's always room for improvement. But we have, we are very lucky that we've had the last three governors and that yeah. the legislature that we've had. I mean, and again, no matter I, I what our issues have, are. I'm probably going to get in trouble for saying this, but I, I tend to think that a lot of lawmakers, not in Tennessee necessarily, but across the country, the irresponsible ones are like irresponsible children. And can you imagine? incentivizing your child to do worse by rewarding bad behavior and bailing out bad behavior. I mean, I remember as a kid when I would forget something at school and knew that I was going to get in trouble for not bringing my homework, my parents said, sorry, you'll remember next time. Like, can you imagine treating, raising your kids the way that the government treats its elected officials in other states and just incentivizing really bad behavior and bailing that out? It's just so stupid. And as taxpayers, I mean, I kind of get why people like get really pissed and start venting on Twitter. I've never been the kind of person that just like absolutely goes insane on Twitter and, and says ugly things, but I'm starting to understand it a little bit more because this is, this is just the most insane thing I've ever heard. Like it doesn't make any sense. So yeah, that's but, where but I'm at. Were, I mean, outside of that, which you're right on all those things, it was a great event yesterday. We did it. I mean, it's cool. Oh, to awesome. have. I think that, that I, I know that kind of Phil Bredesen is kind of one of the old school type Democrats, you know, very yeah. like, fiscally responsible, something that probably doesn't fit exactly with today's Democratic Party. But right. I mean, it was great to have a bipartisan panel, though, you know, to have a Democrat, you know, I care about that, too. Um, and then like, because I think a lot of that's missing, like we talked about, it's like um, a lot of the current Democrats, at least in, in the um, U.S. Congress, just they've ignored it. They said, nope, like I, I'm going to pretend it doesn't even exist. 
Wouldn't um, that be like so fun and so cute to be like a Democrat congressman and just be like, I don't have to worry about debt. Hey, like that would be I know. so cute. I'll buy, I'll buy whatever I want. doesn't matter. I know, but, but it's nice <laughs> to have somebody like that. I mean, cause it is, it is a bipartisan discussion and as much, and, and like we talked about, I mean, Republicans, when they have been in power, that has gone up. I mean, so it's not like it's, it's one party doing great. I mean, they, they talk the talk, but like when they're in office, it doesn't seem to work out that way. So I yeah, think it's a great say- conversation to have. And we had three people, um, from two different parties who really have walked the walk. So it's good to have people who've actually done that. I know. And it's cool. It makes you proud to be a Tennessean when, yeah, when our people are the ones that are really talking the talk and walking the walk. Very proud to be a Tennessean. Um, so speaking of Tennessee, uh, is Tennessee in the SEC? I didn't check the bracket this morning after, and I didn't watch the games yesterday, but the SEC tournament is happening here in Nashville right now. I really want to go. I need some buds to go with me because Alabama, fingers crossed, about to sweep this thing. Yeah, yeah so ten- Tennessee's playing uh, Florida today. It's in the 4-5 or five okay. game, but they will be in the tournament. But, yeah, it's been a – I mean, this is my, I think, you know, it's like kind of my favorite time of the year outside of like the jazz playoffs, which only happens every once in a while. Like this is the time that's so great. I think March Madness is, is the best sports event, no matter, no matter what you think about sports, like even people who don't like it, get into it. It's just, it's the greatest sporting event in the country in the first two days. And this is championship weeks. This is where like, it's always exciting when you see those small teams to like punch yeah. their tickets. When you see these guys who didn't get any division one scholarships or got very few, they're playing for like somewhere in the middle of nowhere, Iowa. And they, they win this conference and they get their dream of being in the NCAA tournament. Now, granted, they usually lose by 40 points in the first round, but not always they do win sometimes. But like, this is their, it's just like, this is what they have worked for a lot of times. And they, they, they didn't get those big scholarships and they get to play, you know, you get to see um. A, a, a huge school like Duke against, you know, like a Norfolk state. And like, it's just so exciting. And every once in a while they pull that upset, but I love it for the kids. It's like what they've worked for this whole time. And it's, it's fun to watch. It's just, I mean, it's madness. And in no other sport can these big of upsets happen. Cause even in college football, it's like you have a playoff field of four. We talk about that a lot. Like we talked about it, you know, how much we would love to see when college football playoff was happening, they should put us in charge. How much we would love to see some of these smaller schools have teams play against like Alabama and in basketball, you get that. And I'm not really a basketball fan, but I am a big March Madness fan. And I used to have Mark fill out my brackets for me. In fact, he won me $300 one time on a bracket when I lived in Alabama and I can't get him to help me anymore. So I've got to like dial in now. And yeah, and, and I mean, it's, and it, for the state of Tennessee too, we have, I mean, we're going to have, I guess, at least one tournament team here. I think East, East Tennessee State's still playing, but I mean, you know, Tennessee will be in the tournament. Belmont lost in their finals after a great year. Like they should have been a tournament team. Um, but if you're filling out a bracket at home, this is the one piece of advice I have for you. I don't, obviously the, the matches are not till Sunday. Um, Moorhead State, they're out of Kentucky. They are a really good, they're going to be a 13 or 14 seed. They are about the best defensive team I've seen. They have a big guy. They are going to stick with whatever. They're going to end up playing, you know, uh, in Alabama or Arkansas or somebody like that in the first round. And, yeah, and they, they are going to be able to compete. So that's like if you want a Cinderella, that's who I got right now. And that's the team that kind of dismantled Belmont on last weekend. Okay, well, I just wrote that down. So if that's my, like, magical bet that gets me to my, to my pool win, then I'll, it might uh, be, and it'll be a big upset because they will probably play one of those top, you know, like one of those top three seeds, like a, a Texas or a Kansas or somebody like that. So keep that in mind for sure. Okay, well, I'll buy you lunch if, if that helps me uh, get across the finish line on my, on my bracket. Perfect. But I, I, I was talking to a friend the other day and we were talking about how we haven't 
uh, sports in like a year. Like the last sporting event that I went to was the um, Nashville soccer game. And it was freezing cold. It was last March. We're, last using the term, we're using the term sport loosely too, if we're going to count soccer as a sport. <laughs> I mean, I'm t- I'll take anything I can get at this point. But Alabama's going hopefully to a full stadium. There are fans allowed in Nashville at these games. Being responsible always, but also it's really nice to see sports existing again. And I typically don't like big crowds, but I'm going to uh, sports very hard this year because I, I've missed it so much. Well, yeah, one of the worst things I kept seeing, uh, I was watching ESPN yesterday, they kept showing the Jazz because this was the one year anniversary of basically when they when the whole world stopped, the whole sports world stopped because the Jazz got COVID. The Jazz um, did. <laughs> yeah, but but it was but it it also it feels so much more special this year because we didn't have March Madness last year and that was like not having that like left this huge hole in my heart and like it's it's even more exciting coming back and I mean for the most part there's not been some issues I mean you had I saw that Duke is one of the teams that actually had to forfeit because they had COVID and and actually today. Um, Virginia had to do it, who's the number one team in the ACC. So there has been a couple of things. They will still be in the NCAA tournament, but yeah. So, so Ron got lucky because his Georgia Tech team's now in the finals just by luck. <laughs> that's incredible. Well, good, good on you, Ron, because yeah. that is that's uh, that doesn't happen all the time. That's right. Um, so before we go, let's talk about an outrage story of the week. I love when we do an outrage story of the week. So I used to really like Mumford and Sons. I don't really care for them anymore. It's not really my style, but I will always defend people against getting canceled over stupid things. So one of the guys in Mumford and Sons, I think it was the Keys player. He tweeted about reading a book by a conservative author and the world went crazy. I mean, I had friends like talking about it the other night who like not political friends about how the guy, the, the book was by Andy. No, is that how you say his last name? We don't know to say his last name. NGO. That's how you smell it though. (laughs) But he wrote a book and who, you know, who cares? I think was kind of the point of it. Yeah. It was just talking about, um, yeah. Antifa, he spent like a long time. If you're curious about any videos of violence in the streets by Antifa or any type of protesters, He's been documenting it on Twitter and he wrote a book and this guy in the band tweeted that it was a good book and it was well-written and, and he, that he was now, brave. what? And that he was a brave man. He said, yes, which I don't see anything really inflammatory necessarily about that, but everybody else does. And now this guy is having to step back from the band to evaluate his decisions and his opinions. And I'm sorry, but that is the most ends i have a lot of other words that would get me fired from this podcast but that is the most insane thing i've ever heard in my entire life and this is i mean it's just getting worse and worse and worse and worse and worse and i'm wondering when people are going to be like okay now we've crossed the line into insanity because i think it happened months ago but i'm just waiting for everybody else to think that yeah i mean and i guess that same thing kind of trouble is a jordan peterson in like one of their recordings in 2018 now first of all i didn't know mumford and sons I mean, I haven't heard about them in like 12 years. So I didn't even know they were still like making music, but I guess they are. They kind of that one huge song. Um, but like at some point, I mean, I think, of course, I agree with you. It's, it's crazy. I mean, like he read a book and whether or not you think it's a good book or not, it's like, or even if it's all factual, like it, I, it's an unbelievable. You're going to like try to cancel somebody for reading a book and calling somebody a brave guy. Um, outside of that, I don't feel bad for him because he gave in and apologized and said he needs to rethink things and leave the band. Like for liking a book. Well, guess what? Like, if that's where you're going to stand when you get when you get called out for something that you didn't do wrong, it's not like he did something wrong. Apologize. He he liked the book, and he said he, he liked the book, and he said I need to rethink things, how I hurt people for for liking a book about I guess, and I don't I don't know anything about this guy. I, mean, I guess I see him on Twitter, but it's not like I even like him or even know about him. But it's not, and it's not like um, he didn't read like 
some awful book of like some terrorist and said, oh, I love that. It's like, it was just a book about some of the violence that Antifa has done across the country. Maybe it's exaggerated. Maybe not all of it's true. I don't even know. Not but either. for him to say, I need to step away from the brand and rethink things. Like, I don't feel bad for him anymore because if that's how you're going to react to just saying you like a book, like you're not standing out for anything. I saw a tweet the other day that I like really loved. And it just said, since it said, when have the people banning books ever been on the right side of history? I know. And I, I that really, like, I remember reading, I used to have like terrible anxiety when I was a kid. And I read that Fahrenheit 451 book in uh, seventh grade. And I remember like having terrible anxiety about it because it just seemed so controlling and, and unbelievable. And now we're at the point where school districts are banning books. Like school districts are banning To Kill a Mockingbird where like the whole point of the book is anti-racist. Like the, like literally the entire point of the book is not being a racist and they're banning it because it's racist. And like, it just doesn't make any sense. Like you have to laugh because nothing makes sense anymore. I know. I do want to say one thing we haven't talked about in a while, but about President Trump. Um, oh yeah. What, one of the very few things, and I, and I mean, I, I don't, I think there's a lot about his personality I don't care for. Um, and I think that he said things that were, actually you know bad or offensive and he did not apologize but I think one of the things that he did do well is like when he would say things that weren't offensive he didn't apologize and like and that and that matters now again he should have sometimes for the things he said but like that was one of the I think that's one of the things that a lot of people a lot of Republicans liked about him is that as like when Mitt Romney ran for president, I remember he said binder full of women. And I'm like, okay, I obviously know what he meant. And he apologized for that. And I'm like, you didn't do anything wrong. We obviously know what you meant. Right. Um, And and meanwhile, like if Trump said something like that, he's like, well, okay, you guys are being insane. I'm not going to apologize. Like that, that is something I didn't do anything wrong. Right. Now, again, we will, I I think he maybe went too far on that. I don't agree with a lot of things and I would have apologized, but the whole principle of if you don't do, if you do something that's not offensive or it's just a normal thing, you don't have to apologize for everything. I know. I think that that's something that our, our whole culture, and I used to be very much like that. Like I'm a people pleaser. I always say that Mark's opinionated. I'm a people pleaser, but I'm starting to get a little more of a backbone because I'm just not going to apologize for thinking what I think or reading books that I think are interesting or anything like that. Like I'm, I think that I have a pretty good moral compass. I'm a pretty, pretty upstanding person. But if someone gets mad at me for having an opinion, that's not theirs, it's not mine to apologize for. I'm not the yeah, one. Apologize if you do or say something wrong that, that exactly. like that you think is wrong on its surface, not because other people tell you it's wrong. If you say, well, I mean, I'm sure they don't like it. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I mean, I'm sure that if you go back, there's probably things I said, you know, 10, 15 years ago to somebody, I'm like, Oh, well, yeah. Like, I, I see like that might be offensive now. I'm like, yeah, like that's my bad. I was wrong, but not because everyone's telling me that it's wrong because I truly feel that way. And if you don't feel like it's wrong, don't apologize. Don't apologize. I mean, this guy read a book. He said he liked yeah. the book. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. I read a book yeah. and said it was interesting. Yeah, like, like why do you apologize for that? I will say there are a lot of things about Pierce Morgan that I don't like. Like, I think he's got a hot head and probably oh, needs to be like- him. Okay, well, I think he's got a hot head a little bit, but what I love is that when he came down on Harry and Meghan the other day, he said, hey, thanks for the love. Thanks for the hate. You're not changing my mind. Peace out. And he said free speech is a, is a hill he's willing to die on. I'm like, good for him. And, and I, I used to not like Piers Morgan, but I've really come around to him. That's what I'm saying is like, I've, I've never thought, I always thought he was just hot headed and loud mouthed and whatever. But if he's willing to die on the hill of free speech, I'm willing to go die on the hill of free speech with them. Like that's, that, that is something that I super care about. And, you know, it just begs to question, like, when will the mob turn on you? If you're just going with the mob, when does the mob 
turn on you. And I think that people are starting to see that, you know, we talked about a few weeks ago that Dolly Parton was just wait until they find her. A couple of days later, Vox came out with an article against Dolly Parton. And so it's just a matter of time before the standard becomes something that, that we can't uphold. So like, if we're going to go with the mob, then when is it our time to go? And one more thing I think is the most important thing that we haven't talked about is that I think there was a poll that 80% of people don't like this cancel culture, political correctness. So even though it seems like it's like, oh, it's it's a very liberal thing. Most liberals don't even like it. You know, it's these people who do this. And then I think people who are, you know, afraid to stand up and say, you know, what, like, I'm not going to apologize for that. Like, I'm not going to be canceled because of some stupid thing I did 15 years ago. That's like mild or or some book that you don't like that I read. So most people don't think this. And I do think it's coming to a, a point here where it's going to go the other way. Like, I know that a lot of people worry about that. Of course, I am too. But I do think that it's going to go the other way where people are going to say, I've had enough. And I think that actually the people leading that charge right now, in my opinion, are comedians. You have a lot of the people who are like even liberal comedians, people like Dave Chappelle who are leading yes. this. Like, and I think that's that's important. Um, I'm pretty sure Prager, you posted a Dave Chappelle quote the other day. And it said some, it was something about like, the second amendment is necessary in case the first amendment is ignored or something like that. And it's just like, he was yeah. like funny, but I was like, huh, maybe I'll put that on the fridge. <laughs> and every comedian, like Bill Burr, it doesn't matter their political things. They understand that comedy is supposed to be funny. And it's like, you're, of course you're going to offend some people. It's like it's kind of the point of comedy, but it doesn't mean you should yeah. stop doing that. So um, I am worried, but I think I'm less worried than other people. I think we're at this point where it's going to go the other way. And I think that I people so. say I've had enough or it's like, you're going to cancel everyone. And, and if everyone's canceled, then no one's canceled. Like it just, it just it's, it's too, I think it's too, almost to the point where we're going to be definitely going the other way. So I'm nervous about it, but I feel good about the future. I know. I'm kind of wondering, like, can I just go ahead and get canceled and join all the other people? Because they seem to be having more fun over there. Like, if I'll, all the comedians I'll, I'll cancel you. If, if all the comedians <laughs> are getting canceled, then I want to go where the fun people are. Yeah, I'll that's right. That. That's right. <laughs> we'll I will cancel it. you for your taste in football teams. Well, probably also my taste in men. Mark criticizes me a lot about my dating life too. I think, I think you criticize yourself a lot too afterwards. <laughs> or you say, Mark, good point. <laughs> I have really bad taste. So let's just leave it at that. Um, so yeah, live above reproach, but don't let the mob cancel you for things that aren't cancel worthy. I think that's our, that's the moral of the story. Um, thanks, right. for thanks for listening. If you haven't seen the Millennial Debt Foundation Stewardship Series, it's streaming on our Facebook. We recorded the live video so you can check it out there. It's incredible. Um, hope we get to do more things like that in the future and uh, have a good weekend, everyone.